Mike check one two. Mike check one two. Let's get into this. Hold on. Hold hold on to the phone precisely. Hold on to two phones. If you have two phones available, hold on to all of those all of those phones. Alright. Here we go. Cue the music. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast, the Culture Jack News Desk. Specifically, I'm your host, Dustin. Archimedes is still gone with the wind. I don't know where he is, but today is Thursday, September 9th, 20. Uh, 21. Today we're going to be talking about all kinds of things. We've got headlines ranging from uh, Cyberpunk starting up their their Series XS and PlayStation 5 upgrades. We've got uh, some more information on uh, chip shortages and <laughs> how long you're going to have to wait for that, that next system and things like that. And then, you know, a slew of uh, game releases. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about, about $60 games. No, I want to talk to you about $70 games because I've been hearing a lot about it and the way that this conversation is going around pricing of games is making me very very nervous anyway my name is Dustin welcome to the culture jack news desk like I said still uh, filling in for Archimedes Abigail who is out on I guess at this point we'll call it administrative paid leave uh, because we are despite my best efforts still paying the man. If this is your first time at the Culture Jack News Desk, what we do here is we deliver you a slew of video game news and conversation, essentially. Uh, it, think of it as kind of the uh, Abbott to the Weekend Wire's Costello. And so where on the Weekend Wire they deliver you movie news, here on the Culture Jack News Desk we give you the, the hot stuff coming out of the video game world. So if you are new to the podcast, if you are new to this show uh, specifically, Subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast. We're on, we're on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and all of those. Also, we're on a jillion different podcasting platforms, so you can follow us on any one of those. Um, we've got a bunch of shows that we do here on the podcast. We got Monday Madness, the News Desk, on today's episode, the Friday Show, the Weekend Wire, all kinds of stuff, and then special episodes all the time. And I know. You might be asking yourself, where is Archimedes? And we're asking ourselves the same question. I'm doing my best in his absence. And I realize uh, I, I had to catch up on some office stuff last week. So you didn't get a news desk last week. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to redouble my efforts because I realize that I have not been making the strongest showing when it comes to the news, uh, the video game news, that Archimedes, well, frankly, he was doing a, a pretty dang, dang good job. Uh we do have some extra video game uh, news as well that may be coming out. So this episode, you're going to hear this on, like I said, Thursday, September 9th. But on Thursday, September 9th, there's also going to be that Sony September showcase at, I believe it's 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So this will come out before that. I am going to try and catch some of that showcase or at least find the highlights of that showcase and then uh, break it down in an episode that I release later on Thursday. So stay tuned later today for an episode that comes out tonight specifically about the Sony September showcase. Hopefully a response uh, to Microsoft in some way. Hopefully some new information about Forbidden, Forbidden West and about uh, God of War Ragnarok. So with all that being said, just like Archimedes says, uh, where's that swoosh button? 
All right, so we're going to start off with some gaming headlines. And, you know, on this show, historically, we've gone over the headlines and then we've kind of maybe given you some extra information. Uh, there are some of these that I would like to talk about a little bit. So starting off, we've got the Tokyo Game Show, uh, which is coming, um, I believe it is the end of this month is Tokyo Game Show or it's in October. Gosh, I am really not good at this. Uh, but they have a schedule that confirms streams for Xbox, Capcom, Square Enix, and others. Uh, this is from GamingBolt.com, these headlines. I have, I have seen more showcases this year than I even knew existed. Because in previous years, to me, it was just E3. Like, E3 was the big... Uh, showcase or, or set of showcases and this year my eyes have been opened to whether it's the the Tribeca games whether it's all the E3 showcases the Tokyo game show Gamescom the game awards uh, there's all kinds of different ones and I think there's another one that's going to be having a game show here shortly as well anyway uh, that's going to be good uh, hopefully we'll bring you some updates from that when when that uh, publishes Metal Gear Solid 5's PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 servers are being shut down. So I have only played a part of uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid 5. But what I thought, it was a great game from what I played. I've loved all of the Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> all the ones that I've played. I played 1 and 2 all the way through. I think I played 3 all the way through, but I'm not sure. I missed 4 entirely, and I played a little bit of, of 5. But... Metal Gear Solid 5, and I've seen clips on the internet where it is a, a multiplayer game or there's a multiplayer aspect to it that has online features. And it, it's sad to see those kinds of things going. But the way that games are made and the way that games are distributed today is incredibly different than the way it was 20, 30 years ago. Uh, you could buy a game and then just play it in perpetuity. But games today that are released are released with features that are so closely intertwined. They are so closely embedded to and with the Internet and the functionality that multiplayer brings or consistent updates or battle passes or things of those natures uh, that you cannot really have a game exist beyond the, the systems that, that make it uh, available to exist in those kinds of ecosystems, if that makes sense. If any of that makes sense, you're much wiser than I will ever be. So it is sad to see stuff like this go. It's always sad when you see a, a especially a beloved game, be shut down uh, to the fans that are still playing that game. I know recently I've been getting back into into Titanfall 2, a marvelous game. If you have not checked out Titanfall 2, I'm sure you can get it on the cheap, cheap for right now. You can probably get it for 4 or $5 on any of the digital storefronts that are operating. Um, but that was a wonderful game, wonderful campaign, even if you don't play or like the multiplayer stuff. Like one of the best, hands-down, first-person shooter campaigns that you will ever experience or play. Uh, I have been getting back into the multiplayer, and i got to be honest, the last time I checked the playlist numbers of how many players, how many concurrent players were playing in the, I guess, Xbox servers. I'm not sure if it's cross-platform with anything else, but there were 634 players at the time that I was playing. It took a while to get into a match. Sometimes I'd have to wait, you know, 15 minutes before I could get into a match at all. 
Um, but still a very good game, very fun. And I'll be quite honest, the people that are playing it uh, right now are absolutely trash. Uh, actually, <laughs> if I could give a, a quick shout out, there's a, a player that I ran into on Titanfall 2 that I ran into in several different consecutive matches. Oh, so that's a really fun thing too about playing a game, an online game with a very small player base is you will see recurring characters. You will see uh, people and develop your own rogues gallery to players that have maybe bested you, maybe you've bested them. I played this match with this with this player named O Clayface. So O Clayface, if if you're listening, this is Walnut Eight, baby. You uh, you got in a, a little bit of trouble those first matches, but I noticed once you once you switched over to that Kraber, you you did a little bit extra damage. So if you're out there listening, uh, O Clayface, this is for you. I hope to see you in the arena in the arena again. <clears throat> what are we talking about here? We're talking about Overwatch Two. Uh, is supposed to be coming out the second quarter of 2022. Overwatch, the original game, has become a esports phenomenon, and I have seen many, many commentators talk about the level of polish, the absolute level of polish that game has achieved. The difference between Overwatch and Overwatch 2 now does not come from the game itself, or at least this is my thinking. It comes from the controversy behind the developer Activision Blizzard. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many people will support Overwatch 2 because I know there was a large contingent of people, a mass uh, exodus, a departure of people from the world of Warcraft once all of this stuff was going in a show of support for the employees, for those that were harassed, for the victims of the Activision Blizzard scandal. And so I know a lot of people left WoW to go over and start on Final Fantasy XIV. And so I've been seeing a lot of that. It'll be interesting to see if at this point, this controversy will be eight months old, 10 months old. So will it still have an impact on this game's player count? Or will we as the players who are always so torn up about uh, crunch time, how dare you make those employees work those ridiculous hours about these allegations of harassment and abuse? Oh my gosh, how could you let that happen at your studio? But then when the game comes out, when this brand new, uh, highly polished AAA game is released to market, players seem to forget all of their morals that they had previously held so, so close to the chest. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, oh, PlayStation Plus in September is going to be getting uh, three games. All You Can Eat, uh, oh, it's an overcooked game, All You Can Eat, Hitman 2, and Predator Hunting Grounds. There's a rumor going around that Nintendo Direct is also going to have a Nintendo Direct uh, planned for September. And it's supposed to focus on the remaining years 2021 games and 2022 games. So we should not be too anticipative of a, uh, a slew of new game announcements. But maybe some things that we've been waiting for uh, are coming down the pipe. Here's hoping they announce the release date for... Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 in March. That's when I want it to come out, is March. I mean, ideally, I'd want it to come out uh, in November so we could have it for a, a holiday season, but March would be just fine for me as well. Cyberpunk 2077 is targeting a 2021 launch for that PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S uh, formatted update. But... CD Projekt Red cannot guarantee it. Now, I like this move. 
I like the fact that they said, hey, look, this is what we're aiming for, but this is not a hard and fast deadline. Things change. And especially in this world of a continued pandemic and shutdowns and chip shortages and labor shortages and sickness, and it, it, it is incredibly subject to change right now. And so I think Cyberpunk 2077 and, and the folks over at CD Projekt Red are making the right choice in holding off these hard and fast deadlines that they have in the past. That, admittedly, has gotten them in trouble. I mean, they were kind of in a you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't sort of situation with Cyberpunk 2077 because it had already been delayed, I think, three or four times up to the point before they actually released it. They should have uh, delayed it again. Of course, that would have upset many, many fans as well. But then releasing the buggy, glitchy game that we got, especially on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Well, I mean, that upset a lot of people, a lot of people as well. Uh, we got some uh, gameplay footage from Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, and that is from, I believe, Fire Axis. Fire Axis was the same folks that did... Oh, shit, what did they do? They did the Civilization game, at least one of the Civilization games. Civilization, and it was not one of the numbered games. I played I played the hell out of it like seven or eight years ago. God, maybe it was longer than that shit, probably ten years ago. Um, but this Marvel's Midnight Suns gameplay, a lot of folks said that it was going to be a XCOM-style game, and it is that, uh, but it is also very reminiscent of the gameplay of slay the spire and so your characters will be able to build these card decks that support them with move sets and powers that they can then use against enemies and through successive playthroughs you will unlock different types of cards and so making your your character become uh, more powerful on those successive uh, playthroughs the thing about this game style is, and I think it's a genius move, like I would have never expected this pairing, this gameplay style with the Marvel IP, but here it is. Uh, I think it's such a genius uh, repairing, pairing because it makes for an incredible amount of replayability. And if you watch any of these guys that play these roguelike games, whether it's uh, Dead Cells or Binding of Isaac or Slay the Spire or things like that, You'll, you'll listen to them talk, and they talk about doing a, I'm going to do a blind uh, run today. And so they collect a certain side, uh, type of power sets. They collect a, a certain uh, type of uh, character buffs in order to make this run in this style. Sometimes they can run across uh, a powers and move sets that will make them play the game in a way that w they weren't anticipating playing the game, that they didn't didn't think they were uh, at the onset. So I think this could lend itself to a high amount of replayability for players. I also think that this will bring over more casual gamers to the roguelike card-building, deck-building space. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, more news with, with those guys. They have 160 staff now working on the game's first expansion. Now, I have not played Cyberpunk 2077 for a while. I, I think I've mentioned in podcasts past that I am going to wait until uh, they get that Xbox Series update so I can play it with the, the highest fidelity, the best frame rate, and the least amount of bugs and glitches. 
So I don't know what the state of the game is today. I don't know if they have fixed all of the things that they said they've wanted to fix. But it strikes me as odd that they would be working on the expansion before they get out the next generation update. I mean, honestly, I have no idea how game development works. They could be uh, perfectly fine with two teams divided, one working on this next update and one working on this expansion. I am excited about the future of Cyberpunk 2077. I still haven't finished the game, but I, as soon as I get that update, I will. Um, I'm excited for the future of Cyberpunk because The Witcher 3 had such wonderful support from CD Projekt Red as it went for. And I think there were three or four individual free DLCs for The Witcher 3. Like I said at the top of the show, we do have a PlayStation Showcase coming out later today. And so, uh, again, look forward to my commentary, my reaction to that show later, later today, most likely tonight. Uh, or you can listen to it tomorrow or really whenever, you know, these <laughs> these episodes are going in the vault along with everything else going into the archive. You can listen to them at your leisure whenever you want. And it's it's funny because Anthony and I were talking and it <laughs> it looks like there are a lot of folks that are doing just that. They're watching or not watching, but listening to a lot of our old shows. And uh, it warms my heart because sometimes I, I kind of dog on myself and I'm like, ah, those old shows weren't weren't very good. They weren't great. We didn't have our style down. We didn't have our rhythm down. We didn't know what we were talking about or what we wanted to talk about. But seeing them have a, a kind of resurgence in your folks's listening habits, uh, it just it, it warms my heart. So thank thank you very much. Oh, this was the other showcase. A THQ Nordic Digital Showcase has been announced for September 17th. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. All right, we've got uh, Crisis Remastered Trilogy is going to launch on October 15th. Uh, I never played that one, but I do remember that Crisis was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of a big deal. It was one of the most graphically powerful games that we had seen, I, I think, ever. I think people were modding out their PCs in order to play this game. So I I did step into Crisis 2, I think, at one point. It was on Game Pass or Games with Gold or something along those lines. And I did try it out. And the, <laughs> it's funny, when you when you look at old games or when you play old games and probably watch old movies, too. No, in, in fact, when you watch old movies, too, you can feel the age of the game. And so it's not just the graphics. The, the game could look perfectly fine. But movement has so been refined in the games that we play today compared to, uh, to the games that we played yesterday. So uh, here's some more news. Let's see. We've got Project Magnum. Uh, I watched a trailer for that. Uh, it was shown off. Uh, where was it shown? I don't know. But it's by Korean developer Nat Games. And it looks like a really cool game. Like it had some very impressive visual visuals. But then I very quickly realized as they begin showing off several different looking protagonists showcasing several different power sets, I was like, oh, this is Anthem. This is Destiny. It's a looter shooter. And typically I don't like the looter shooter genre. That's just not something that does it for me. Uh, Borderlands being probably the exception uh, to that rule. I did get Anthem and we all know how we all know how that turned out 
Ghost of Tsushima Legends standalone is out today. Uh, oh, this is this is actually a standalone Ghost of Tsushima game. It's a 2v2 uh, mode. Oh, maybe it is just an expansion. 2v2 mode sees players competing to stay slay foes and collect Megatama, deploying curses and completing the last stand to win. I still haven't played that game. A lot of uh, PlayStation games, especially the ones of this last generation, I am derelict in playing. And so I will get into them at some point. I did start God of War and Last of Us. I played that on the PlayStation 3. I'm going to play that and Last of Us Part 2. I'm going to play Ghost of Tsushima. I've got a lot. I've got a huge back catalog on the PlayStation 4. Just because I'm an Xbox guy doesn't mean that I'm not going to go back and play all of these great first-party games from PlayStation. Nintendo is not going to be showing anything at the Tokyo Game Show uh, this year. Apparently, they're going to be letting some stuff go, like I said, here in September in a Nintendo Direct. And then, uh, hopefully, that stuff is Legend of the Legend of the Breath of the Wild, Legend Breath Wild, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Project Triangle Strategy and Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is confirmed by Square Enix for Tokyo Game Show 2021. The subtitle here says that it doesn't look like Square Enix plans on showing the likes of Forspoken or Final Fantasy 16, which were both teased, I believe, at E3. Oh, here's that chip shortage thing I was talking about. Chip shortages could continue until next year. Toshiba claims this goes with something my brother told me. My brother had said, hey, man, we made a good decision getting that Xbox Series X when we did on on release day um, because he had read that the chip shortage, the the slowdown in production or the lagging production for both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series, as well as all of these uh, graphics cards and everything else that has microchips in them, to include vehicles, is going to go on perhaps until 2023. So that's not just next year, that's the next two years. So scalpers rejoice. You can continue fleecing your fellow human beings, you absolute scumbags, and all the rest of us, well, we'll just wait patiently and the production will catch up at some point. Uh, Splitgate devs don't have any plans for a Battle Royale mode. Now, Battle Royale has permeated the first-person uh, shooter marketplace. Not just first-person shooter, but third-person shooters. Actually, I think third-person shooters were probably the pioneers when it came comes to the the, the Battle Royale space, uh, and I'm talking about PUBG, and I'm talking about uh, Fortnite, and then, of course, before those, uh, even uh, Daisy. I think it was Daisy. Yeah. Anyway, not every game needs to have a Battle Royale, and I know this has been memed into oblivion, and people don't like hearing about how games don't need Battle Royales anymore. It's a, it's a very... Uh, trendy thing to hop on and say they don't and I agree not all games need battle royales however this is a, a big one for me I think that any game developer that can put an additional game mode into a game is a good thing 
I mean, uh, of course, if it doesn't take away from the the core focus of the campaign, of the core multiplayer aspects, of the unique unique aspects that make that game interesting and fun to play, if it doesn't take away from all of that development, and you can add a thing like battle royale or an arena uh, multiplayer uh, or anything, do it. There's not enough of it. I would love to see some of my favorite games with a battle royale mode. I mean, just because it is interesting to see how that game would approach that genre of tournament. Uh, the medium is out now for PlayStation 5. I had thought that was an Xbox exclusive entirely. Apparently, it was just a timed exclusive from Bluebird Team. Apex Legends developer comments on the removal of tap strafing from the game. So... Uh, the Apex Legends community was kind of in an uproar because, especially on players playing on the PC, they would use this uh, this technique known as tap strafing, where they were able to execute these very, very tight turns for counterplay, for uh, running, uh, dodging, evading, moving around corners and around obstacles that was not was not really an option for players that maybe were controller players or, or things. And, and there's definitely differences between this. One of my major hesitations uh, behind crossplay is that you're going to have a PC market, especially in a first person shooter that absolutely dominates a controller player. But uh, with the removal, with the, the balancing out of things like tap strafing and other high tech maneuvers that PC players use, I think we can come to a, a wonderful middle ground of a place where everyone can play together. And maybe that 634 Titanfall player queue could turn into a 637 Titanfall player queue. If we had a couple PC players on it that were honestly, you know, playing fair. Horizon Forbidden West will offer a free PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 upgrade after all. This comes on the heels of another story where the developers of for, uh, for Biden, for, for, Forbidden West, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, will not include a free upgrade to the next-gen console. Uh, I like to see this kind of turnaround. Um, there was something about $10.00. Oh yeah, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan also confirmed $10 upgrade options will be offered on all uh, future cross-generation releases, including Gran Turismo 7 and God of War, or the next God of War, which is cool to see. Uh, Control, the game, uh, recently raised a bunch of uh, people's hackles because it did not offer that free next-gen upgrade to people that had already purchased the original Control on their system. Now, if they did purchase the last generation version of Control, the Control uh, Platinum Edition or whatever the, the version of it was there, then they would get the free upgrade, but not if they had purchased the original game. Very interesting. Uh, something else is very interesting is the uh, weekly UK retail charts for video games uh, have Minecraft and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the very top of the list. This is insane to me because Mario Kart 8 was released when? In 2015, 20, 2014? I mean, we're talking about at least a five or six year old game. And Minecraft was released a decade plus ago. A Minecraft, however, has, you know, kind of infinite possibility for gameplay. So it's never the same. It's always uh, interesting, unique and engaging. But that blows me away. Like we have these games that have been 
at market for a long time, yet still are are just are just dominating players' eyeballs and players' thumbs. It cracks me up, really. It's really really interesting. Uh, Stardew Valley. Also, my last uh, headline before I get into what I want to talk about a little bit about uh, gaming pricing. Uh, Stardew Valley sells 15 million copies, which is very impressive because I think Stardew Valley was made by a it was made by a very small studio, if not a single person, or at least the original game was. I'm sure the studio has grown uh, now, but it's it's really cool to see someone that had a passion for a project, followed the project through, and it sells 15 million copies. I mean, that's that is a inspiration to uh, creators, including Anthony and myself. All right, all right. Real quickly, I wanted to talk to you about. Oh shoot, where's that swoosh? Uh, Archimedes used to do the swoosh. This is news stuff. I mean, it's not news stuff. It's like what I want to talk about. <laughs> Excuse me. What do you mean we don't do that on this show? All right, here's the swoosh. All right, so. Uh, Game Scoop, uh, a podcast that I listen to, and I know that Anthony winces every time I mention another podcast on my podcast, but it's a it's a podcast that I listen to regularly. And recently, they had a segment. It was a small segment, but it's it's not a new one to Game Scoop. It's one that that pops up every so often, uh, where they say something along the lines of, "Hey, and video game prices are going up." And that's not a, that's not a problem with I don't have any problem with them saying that, but I do have a problem with them following it up with as they should. They are <laughs> it, it makes me feel like this this journalist journalistic uh, podcast, the IGN Game Scoop is in bed with the big wigs from the video game industry. It makes me feel like they have completely sold their souls to to peddle these $70 games, uh, a, a price raise. Now, we haven't had a price raise for a long time in the traditional sense of a price rage. Rage. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to rage. Uh, of, a, of a raise in price for these games. It's been $60 for a long time. Uh, I also recently watched a YouTuber named Video Game Donkey. He's hilarious. You should check out some of his videos if you have an opportunity. Uh, but I watched him do a piece on video game pricing. And it couldn't have been more appropriate. But in his video game pricing video, he talked about when games you know, used to be $50. And then at the cost of inflation today, they'd be like $120 for an Atari video game uh, that wasn't even very good. And... Yeah, I can't imagine pl paying $120 for a video game. Uh, but he, he talked about them being uh, like $40, $50. No, like $40 or $30 or something. I don't know, back in the 80s, 90s. And then he talked about them going to 60 where they have not dropped since. Or they have not uh, raised since. He said accepting, you know, Mario games, Nintendo games. The The thing about it is... I don't know if this is just a weird kind of Mandela effect that I'm suffering by myself here. So I guess it wouldn't be a Mandela effect in that case. That would be like a 
a mass misremembering of something. But in this case, it's me. And I don't have the best memory, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I remember a time back in the probably mid-90s, late-90s, where video games cost $50. I'm talking, you know, 1996, the PlayStation 1, Twisted Metal, go pick up a new copy for $49.99. That was the price of a new video game at that point. They did have the greatest hits collection where they would sell video games for $20. I think Sega had something similar. I think Nintendo had something similar. Um, but there was a time they were $50. Now, the reason I have a problem with the uh, the inflation of these video game prices, as it were, is not just because I don't want to pay more, which I don't, but gaming is a luxury hobby. Gaming is something that, that we do to take our mind off of the uh, inevitable sun death of our earth. Um, and so it's not something that's like super, super important, but it is something that a lot of people enjoy. And a lot of people don't necessarily have, yeah, I mean, they'd save all year to get $60 to buy that brand new AAA game, that Call of Duty style game. And I, it's just increasing the burden on them. Now, in Video Game Donkey's uh, uh, movie, or not movie, his video on YouTube, I'm sorry, I'm having a very hard time speaking tonight, uh, <clears throat> or this morning. When are you, when are you listening to this podcast? Let me, let me do one for you that's listening in the morning. <laughs> hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Let's talk about video game pricing. I hope, you, I hope you slept so well. I hope you slept so well. And were video games ever $50? I was just, I was just dreaming about that. Okay, so that's you for the, the morning. If you're listening to this in the afternoon, oh, man, how about that work day, huh? Jeez Louise. That lunch was good, though. I'm getting kind of the afternoon sleepies, aren't you? Hey, by the way, before we get back in into the factory there, were video games ever $50? Because I think they were. I think they were 50. Anyway, anyway, the boss wants those reports. Let's go. Let's go get them. And finally, for the folks that are just getting ready uh, to go to bed. All right. All right. Hop right in bed there. There you go. Let me let me pull your covers up. Let's tuck you in right there. Oh, you're such a little toughie. Hey, you want you have a good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And were video games ever fifty dollars? I could have swore they were fifty dollars at some point. <laughs> I completely lost track of where I was with that stupid little act out of me wishing you different times of the day. Whatever time of the day, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, in the video that Video Game Donkey had on YouTube, he talked about, yes, new AAA games are very, very expensive on the onset. However, there are more access to cheaper games in a, a larger variety of ways than there ever was before. And games aren't just going to increase to that $70 price tag, or they, they may, but remember they've been $60 for a while and game developers started adding extra things to them, taking out entire portions of the game only to sell them back to us later as expanded DLC or other content. By putting in systems like battle passes that allow us to make in-game purchases. By putting in things like loot boxes, which I hope the video game industry decides to regulate itself again, 
or I hope some government agency or body comes in to do it for them because that is gambling for children and a very dangerous path. But they put in loot boxes to get more of your money that way. They put in multiple versions of the game so you can get the Deluxe Platinum Premium Edition, the Game of the Year Edition, for $110 only. So game prices have not stayed at $60. And when they inevitably go up to $70, which they will, this, this little diatribe on this little podcast is not going to change any of these big gaming CEOs' minds. When they do go up to $60, $70, do you think for one single solitary moment that the DLC is going to go away? That the battle pass is going to disappear? That those loot boxes are going anywhere? Make no mistake, they will continue to gouge you and fleece you within their game even after they charge the exorbitant rate of $70. Or if it is that game of your edition, $130. We will get to a point in time where we are paying a quarter of the price of one of these new systems just to play one of these new games. Well, no, thank you, Mr. Video Game Executive. I think I will stick to my video game Game Pass and my older games. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, honestly, with all the games that I have downloaded and access to right now, I could play video games in their entirety until the day that I die without ever having to buy a new game. But I have an obsession with buying games, not so much uh, completing games, but that's a story for another episode. Where's that swoosh? All right, and before I let you go today, of course, I've got to tell you about some games that are that are coming up that are uh, either have just been released. Now, I did miss last week's news desk, so this is going to be a, a quite a few games. On August 24th, we had uh, a few games come out. We had I Expect You to Die 2. Uh, that's on PC and PlayStation 4. We had King's Bounty 2 on basically all the things. No, 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 just last generation consoles. Looks like not on uh, PS5 or the series. Rims Racing on August 24th as well, coming out on, looks like, everything. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut came out on the 20th on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh, as well on the 20th, we had Madden NFL 2022 on, looks like, everything. Yeah, those have, those have been a multi-platform game for a long time. Uh, Quake Remastered, which people are having a lot of fun with, came out on the last generation of consoles, Nintendo Switch and PC. Recompile, coming out on this generation, the PlayStation 5 and Series consoles and PC. 12 Minutes, coming out on Xbox, Xbox One and PC. 12 Minutes, I actually downloaded and played um, probably about 12 minutes. I, actually, I probably played about 13 minutes. It's a very interesting game. It's a point-and-click game on a controller, which is difficult difficult already. But it stars James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe. So it's got a lot of big-name actors in it. Now, this game is not like a big AAA game either. This is like a, an indie darling. And so it's interesting to see these big-name actors get uh, sign on to a game like this and hopefully it's indicative of a trend where more big name actors seeing as how the movie space is becoming a little muddied by this whole pandemic start moving into the video game space i would love to see it i'd love to see some larger uh well not uh, you can't get much larger than willem dafoe i mean let's be real but i'd love to see some more 
star uh, studded uh, <laughs> casts in these games. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, I've I've skipped ahead. I've messed up my list here. Uh, August, August. We got some more August on August 31st. We had Kiwi Monster Harvest Rustler. Uh, and then on August 27th was No More Heroes 3. So that's out on the Nintendo Switch. It's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Those games are pretty cool, I think. I want to I want to pick one of those up at some point. Uh, Mist made a return on the Xbox Series X and Xbox One and PC on the 26th. The 25th uh, gave us Marvel Future Revolution. It's an iOS game. Wahoo. And Psychonauts 2, which I downloaded, but I still haven't played Psychonauts 1. So I've got them both downloaded. I will be playing 1 before I play 2, and then I'll let you know what I think about 2. Then on the uh, 24th of August, we had Aliens Fireteam Elite. Did I get these all mixed up backwards and upside down? Yeah, it looks like I did. All right. Coming out, or I guess it just came out. Uh, September 1st was Lake. September 2nd was WRC 10. Uh, also September 2nd, Kitaria Fables. Uh, the Medium, like we said, on the 3rd. Golf Club Wasteland on the 3rd. Family Trainer on the 3rd. Big Rumble Boxing Creed Champions on the 3rd. And then Sonic Colors Ultimate on the 7th. All right, and then some other games coming up here. Well, I guess just came out. Fist, Forged, and Shadow on the 7th. Bus Simulator 2021. I just downloaded Lawn Mowing Simulator. Uh, that also came out on the 7th. Then today, uh, The Artful Escape comes out. That's on Xbox uh, Series and 1 and PC. And then on Nintendo Switch, WarioWare Get It Together comes out on September 10th. So that's tomorrow. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that game and actually dominating my brother in it. Tales of Arise also comes out on the 10th, a very highly anticipated game in the uh, Tales series. NBA 2K22 comes out on September 10th, and all of these are multi-platform games here. Lost in Random comes out on September 10th. Now, if you remember our E3 coverage, that was the game about the little girl that gets lost in like the dice world, and she has to go find her sister, and she gets a little dice companion that helps her out. Uh, and then Life is Strange, True Colors on September 10th. And then here we go. What's coming out on the week of September 13th through the 19th? So we've got Death Loop on September 14th. Story of uh, Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. That's a uh, PC game. Eastward on September 16th. I Am Fish on September 16th. That's coming on the uh, Xbox Series consoles and PC. Skatebird which was showcased at one of those indie shows. I can't recall which one it was. Origami 2 on the 17th. Nino Kuni 2. When does that come out? That can't. That comes out on September 17th as well. Oh, excellent. Nino Kuni was an, uh, an incredible game on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it was a game that featured art from Studio Ghibli, and any of those familiar with any anime production at all know the name Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki because he is he is one of the uh, kind of a, a, a transcendent artist 
a transcendent creator within the anime space and frankly one of the godfathers of anime if i were to be so so frank and then uh, finally on september 17th is tales of iron and that too is a multi-platform game but that is it for the culture jacked news desk thank you so much for tuning in i hope i am doing a little better in filling in for uh, archimedes while he is out uh, again archimedes if you're out there if you're listening uh, we love you. We miss you. Please come back. Please talk to us. We just want to know that you're okay. Uh, so we can fire your ass. Uh, and, and if you want to know where Archimedes really is, I'll, I'll tell you. Take your hands and hold them up to your breast. Do you feel the beat of your heart under your shirt? Do you feel your breath quicken? Well, that's where Archimedes is. He's in our hearts. We're thinking of you, buddy. Uh, so you can leave us a review on the podcast. That would be great. That'd be swell of you to do. Let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know what you are enjoying that we are doing. And let us know, um, I don't know, anything else. Let us know what's in your fridge. Uh, you can also get in contact with us at uh, Culture Jacked on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, any of those. We are on so many uh, podcasting platform so if you would like to subscribe or follow that would be greatly appreciated as well but thank you for joining us here at the culture jacked news desk uh, i'll see you next week hopefully um or hopefully archimedes will be back who knows we got more stuff coming the friday show on today's episode weekend wire monday madness that is all we have and we will see you next week